good to see each and every one of you again. Uh, it's been a month ago since I last, was last here, but grateful to be here. And, and uh, also, uh, in this Bible study in the last few months, we've been uh, dealing with talking about the apostleship of Peter, which uh, I normally don't preach an apostle, but it's about the history of the church. It's about God using mere mortal man to uh, help in his establishing his militant church in this in this uh, world, and uh, and that's why he took those twelve disciples and he taught what he did. Of course, one of them was Judas Iscariot, which wound up betraying Jesus, and he wound up committing suicide later. But that left 11, and then they chose another one by the name of Matthias, which made 12. But then the Lord stepped in and made another one through uh, the enemy of God by the name of Saul and changed him, made him into Paul. Saul meaning exalted one and Paul meaning little worker or humbled one. Um, but be that as it may, about Peter, um, when he was converted, on the I believe on the day of Pentecost, of course he was chosen by God as a disciple, but then on the day of Pentecost he comes right out and he preaches the Lord Jesus Christ unto all of those Jews that were there at the day of Pentecost. And you'll find that in, in Acts there, second chapter. And, um, but there's a steady progression of all of these things that happened with Peter. Uh, as being chosen by God to help, um, help us know who he's using, the main character of the, of the, uh, apostle, who he's using them in, when he's establishing his church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, there's the starting of the preaching of the gospel. And what does the gospel mean? It means good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is that Jesus Christ, for one, he came here. He was born of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those which were under the law. And he came here and he suffered, bled, and died to pay back the great sin debt that was held against us through our forefather, Adam. And he is our Savior. That's what his name means. Jesus means Savior. Anyway, um, I'm kind of going through some of this because I know there were some here that have not been at the Bible study before. And please uh, forgive me for um, maybe rehashing some of this that you already know. But anyway, uh, the Apostle Peter, um, he's been converted. He's been shown... Uh, the way and one of the main things that has happened and I'm turning over here to the 10th chapter of John about what Jesus before had said about something uh, Jesus in this 10th chapter he introduces himself as the door to the sheepfold and also as the shepherd of the sheep he says he's the good shepherd and so as he uh, signifies himself as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep and am known of mine. This is the 14th verse, 10th chapter of John. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Other sheep that I have are not of this fold. What is he referring to here? Well, who is Jesus always talking with in most of these Gospels anyway? It's the Jewish people. Occasionally he'll, he'll uh, talk to someone else, a Samaritan or some, someone like that. But most of the time it's to Jewish people. And those Jewish people are his flock. They are his sheep. But he says, there's other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Who is he referring to? He says, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So we're dealing with one fold, that's the Jewish people. And we're dealing with another fold. So who do you think he's referring to? He's referring to all those that aren't the Jewish people. That's what they were referred to before as Gentiles. They're referred to as Gentiles. And in the Bible, every time you see the word Gentile, it means it's a non-Jewish person. So we know there's a flock of sheep that are Jews and now we know there's a flock of sheep and they're going to be they're, they're referred to as Gentiles so who is that? Who could that be? well we know at this time Israel was occupied by who? the Romans who are the Romans? are they Jews? no the Romans are Gentiles who else out there is Gentiles? well if anyone comes that's a Greek that's not a Jewish Greek, Jewish Greek person he's a gentile greek if he's uh you know uh, uh some other uh, denomination like sometimes there's people that's living in the region of asia and there may and they may just be idol worshipers they're not jewish those are gentiles well we can see what jesus is referring to there were two flocks separated but he's going to bring them together so now I'm going back over here to Acts. And as I had mentioned before, I mentioned where uh, we're going to see that other fold bring, being brought in physically and spiritually and gospelly brought in, that other fold. And as I mentioned last time, I mentioned about a man named Cornelius. Now, I'm not going to read through all this again, but I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase things to speed up for, to, to speed up things. But I do want to let the people that had not been here before know what we had touched on last time. Uh, there was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion, uh, of the band called the Italian band. In other words, this man Cornelius, he was a Roman. And he was a centurion. He was an officer where he was in command of a hundred. That's what century means anyway. Command of a hundred people. A hundred soldiers. Centurion. But it says here he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. Which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Well here was a man that was not a Jewish man. He was a Roman. He was a Gentile. But he feared God, the God 
of Isaac, Jacob, and and uh, you know Abraham. He feared that God, the same God, the same God that the Jews were worshiping. And he gave much alms to the people. His, he gave money to the people, to the poor. And he prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Anyway, the angel, he met the angel, and the angel told him to go to Joppa, a city on the seacoast of Israel there, to Joppa, and to seek out a man uh, named Simon Peter. Uh, and it just so happened that this man, Simon Peter, he was staying with a man named Simon who was a tanner of leather. So he told him where he was. He told him who to seek out. And so the centurion got some of his most loyal men and sent them off to Joppa to see Peter, not knowing what Peter was going to tell them. But... He was uh, listened to this angel to the point where he set it up to go and find Peter and bring him back. Well, in the meanwhile, what this chapter does is it shows us where Peter, uh, God gives a vision to Peter. Now, Peter's in Joppa. Of course, here's Cornelius uh, over here uh, uh, where he's at. And... Uh, so God's working on the end of Peter of of, of Cornelius, and He's working over here on the side of Peter because He gives a vision to Peter, and the vision He gives to him is all these animals are in a sheet, and the sheet's tied at four corners. So you can imagine here's this sheet, and it's folded up and it's tied at four corners, and there's all these animals in this sheet that's brought down. He sees this. Peter sees this in a vision. And it just so happens it's full of these uh, hoofed creatures that God told the Jewish people back during the time of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Hundreds of years before, he told them, when you eat any meat, you're not to eat hogs, these hoof-type creatures, which include hogs and camels and things like that. You're not to eat them because if you eat them, it is unclean. And I've, and I've separated out this type of food that you need to eat, and, and I've restricted you from eating this kind of food that you don't need to eat. That's how God put it. And he did it for a reason. We're going to see the reason here. The reason here is that he is showing out that, as he mentioned about the, the flocks of sheep, there's, there's one fold of Jews... And there's one fold of Gentiles. The Gentiles had not been brought in yet, but he's about to bring them in now and make one whole flock. Anyway, Peter sees this vision and uh, the sheep coming down with those creatures that they're not allowed to eat. And God tells Peter, go ahead and slay and eat. He said, Lord... I can't eat these. I've never eaten. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. You can read it all in here. He said, I can't eat these because it's unclean. It's, it's, uh, 
It's uncommon and unclean. Can't eat it. You know, I've, I've, you know, uh, been in accordance with the law service. Can't eat those. And uh, of course, you know, God tells him uh, that he can eat them. Uh, yeah, he, he says, uh, "Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean." And the voice spake again the second time, "What God hath cleansed, what God hath cleansed." That call not thou common. What did God cleanse, if you think about it? Jesus was on the cross. He died. His blood was shed on the cross of Calvary. Who was the blood shed for? All of the people that he uh, chose. All of his people. Were those people just Jews only? No. They were also Gentiles. What did he do on the cross? He took upon all of his people who were Gentiles and all of his people that were Jews. He took all of those sins upon himself and he cast them as far as the east is from the west. He, his blood was shed. The only substance in all of the universe that God accepted that would redeem his people back to him, make what, what there was wrath unto peace, make what was uh, unrighteousness into righteousness before God. That's what he did on the cross. So therefore, although all everything that was unclean was made clean, all everything that was unrighteous was made righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ, both Jew and Gentile. And it said... This was done when the vision was made to where this sheet was brought down with these animals. This was done three times. And three times called not anything common or unclean that God has made clean and common. This was done three times. Now, then at the time that Peter started thinking about it, this is the 19th verse there, the men showed up that was sent from Cornelius. The men showed up there in Joppa. Let me tell you something about Joppa. Did you know Joppa is referred to in a major book of the Bible? It's called Jonah. What What is it about Jonah and about Joppa in Jonah which is which is important for us right now? It's important in that Joppa was where uh, Jonah was whenever he went to leave and to go and get on a ship and leave to go to Tarshish because God told him, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to cry out unto Nineveh to repent. And Nineveh happened to be the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, which was a grave mortal enemy to Israel. To the Hebrew people. So when God gave the command to uh, Jonah to go to Nineveh to cry out unto them so that they would repent, what do you think he thought? He thought, why in the world would I want to go and do anything to save a people who are my mortal enemies? But it was God's purpose that he send someone to Nineveh to cry out unto them, uh, 
actually to preach to them so that they would repent. They were a great empire at that time. I think their empire, the great empire lasted about uh, two to four hundred years. Assyrian, and, and, and one time that those, that very army later on, that very army was slain by an angel of God that was coming on the outskirts of, of Jerusalem. But anyway, God told Jonah, I want you to do that. This was, uh, a command of God. But old Jonah wanted to disobey God. So he got on a boat there at Joppa and he left on the boat. But then the boat wound up having a storm, all kinds of problems. They found out who the problem was that was causing the storm because they were superstitious. They were saying, well, someone on this ship's causing this problem. And then it caused Jonah to confess, well, I'm, I'm the person just throw me off the ship and your problems will be solved with this storm. But then what happened? They First they tried to row the ship. They tried to keep him and save him and row the ship. They couldn't do it. It, it was The storm was too great. So they finally cast him off. He fell down in the ship. And then that's when that great big fish that the Lord prepared. Some people say it's a whale. It could have been. I don't know. But it said... It was a great fish prepared by God. He swallowed him, and he was in the belly of that fish three days and three nights, and eventually he he prayed to God. Eventually God caused the fish to spit him out on dry land. He went from there, and he went to Nineveh, and he preached to them, and they all repented. And they they did what they call uh, was uh, sackcloth and ashes, where they would burn these ashes and they would put on this sackcloth they take ashes and put it on themselves that was a sign of their repentance they even did it to their animals they were so repentant you can go back to Jonah and read all about this but I just want you to know there's a God doesn't do anything by accident in the Bible every word there is a purpose to it and I recognize Joppa here the place where Nineveh left out because he was trying to get to one of the farthest places he could away from uh, from where God told him. He went the opposite direction where God told him he wanted him to go, to Nineveh. Nineveh was to the east, Tarshish was going to the west. But God stopped it, stopped him, and made him realize he needed to go do what he wanted him to do. So, so he goes and he preaches there at Nineveh. They go into sackcloth and ashes. They repent. Of course, it made um, Jonah angry and, and, and in despair, saying, well, look, these people are repenting. Their mortal enemies are going to come and, and get us. But God had a reason for that. One of the reasons God said was he saved, I think it was, number was around 20,000 children in the city of Nineveh. Anyway, just remember, Joppa. Well, what was, what happened? Leaving from Joppa, Jonah goes to Nineveh, and who are they? Those are Gentiles. He preached to them there at Nineveh. Now, what he didn't preach to them was the uh, was about Jesus Christ, like what Peter and them knew. But he did preach to them about their God and about the repentance and being repentant of of their violent ways and things like that. But it doesn't tell us exactly, but it does tell us. If you'll notice in the very beginning, God told him to cry out. 
And then the next thing, he uses the word preach. The word preach. Anyway, I just introduced that so that we would be familiar with this city, Joppa. Well, here was this old prophet, this old patriarch, Jonah, who went and preached there at Nineveh. But now, several hundred years later, here is an apostle at Joppa being uh, asked to come and to say what God wants him to say or to preach the gospel to a Gentile by the name of Cornelius. And Cornelius, by the time they got to his house, Cornelius had his family there. And I think I'm kind of getting up to the point here where uh, where I had left off last, last time. Uh, it, it said... Uh, Then Peter went down, 21st verse, Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye sent. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called thee, called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, the next day, Peter went away with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, that's where that's where uh, uh, Cornelius was, Caesarea. And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and nearest friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Of course, Cornelius didn't know any better. You don't, none of us fall down and worship at anyone except it be Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and God the Father. But here he didn't know, but uh, he fell down at, at this man's feet because it was the angel that told him to bring this man in. But Peter, and I'm so glad he did this, took him up, brought him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. Aren't you glad he said that? He, he, he told him, I'm just a mere mortal man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. And that was one thing that the Jewish people did. They tried to seclude themselves from Gentiles essentially. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's another word for a Gentile, stranger. So you're either a Gentile or you're a stranger, but you're not a Jew. And uh, But God has showed me. Now, here we see what God had showed him in that vision. Call not thou the thing that God has call, called com, common and, and clean, unclean or unclean. Unclean or uncommon. Don't don't call the things that God has made common and clean, unclean and, and uncommon. Don't do that. So we see where, and this is where, I think this is where I, I left off last time. Uh, 28th verse, um, 28th verse of the 10th chapter of Acts. Uh, you know how it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. 
Remember Jesus said, there's another fold. Them I must bring in and be one fold. But God has showed me I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I ask therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. That was the angel. And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all present before God to hear all things that are commanded of God? Not only was Cornelius there and his servants, and he brought in his whole family, everyone, because he knew God sent Peter to him. He needed to know it was so important what it was Peter was going to say to him. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. What he meant by that is, God is no respecter of persons if you're Jewish. God is no respecter of persons if you're a Gentile. And here it was, a very, a man in an office that was a commander of a hundred men in the Roman army that was sent uh, that sent for Peter to have Peter come and preach to him. But in every nation, he that feareth him, in every nation. Well, what's every nation? Well, it's not just the Jewish nation, Greek nation, Roman nation, and wherever the Romans occupied those nations, any nation. Every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing Good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And he, we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slay, slew, and hanged on a tree, was crucified on that ugly cross. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. What's he preaching? He's preaching the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, him laying down his life. He's preaching the resurrection, isn't he? To the Gentiles. God raised up the third day, showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Not that if you believe on him, you that will cause you to receive the remission of sin. It's because he'd already put his spirit within you and you believed in him. 
and that you believe that he saved you from your sins on that cross of Calvary, there's, that's what caused your remission of your sins. Jesus' blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, it was that blood that God the Father accepted. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, or those that were Jews, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, they had not seen this before. Remember the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell on all them? Who were they? They were strictly Jews. The Jews that came on the day of Pentecost were Jews from different nations that came to Jerusalem to worship. And the Holy Ghost fell on them, and then, what, over 5,000 of them were baptized. That was on the day of Pentecost, second chapter of Acts. But here we see the Holy Ghost falling on all this party who were the Gentiles. Unless you're of Jewish heritage, all of us are Gentiles here. For they heard them speak with tongues... And what that means is they all had their various languages and whatever language they spoke, they could be understood. That's how God does it. And magnify God then answered Peter. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So here's this whole party of these... of these. Uh, now, some of the party that were witnessed, they were Jews. But then the Jews were astonished because they saw where the Holy Ghost fell down on the Gentiles. God was no respecter of persons. Remember before when God set up the, 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 the service, the law service? He was strictly to the Jews. The Gentiles... The strangers, the outsiders, they were not privy to the law service. The Ten Commandments, who were they given to? They were given to the Jews. What about the Gentiles? Why didn't he give it to them too? He didn't. But one thing he did do, and the Romans tells us, he said he wrote his laws in their minds and put it in their hearts that they would know the difference between right and wrong. They would know what he commanded to be for them to do what was right and what they would know what was wrong. How did people that weren't Jews, that didn't have the Ten Commandments, where it says, thou shalt not kill, and that kill means murder. Just need to let you know that because, you know, we have armies that go and kill uh, our enemy, whereas they kill us. But but that's a righteous killing. That is not murder. We've got to substantiate uh, about that. And you can go look it up in the. Uh, 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 you can look it up in the. Uh, uh, the translation, it, it'll, it'll say that kill, uh, thou shalt not kill. It'll say murder, and that's an unrighteous killing, murder. Uh, how how did how did the how did the Gentiles know that? We shouldn't unjustly murder, kill someone, murder someone. They didn't have the Ten Commandments, but they knew it because God put it in their hearts and their minds. So here it is. 
And he baptized them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. They argued with him. Why? Because you see, the Jewish people thought the church of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ was strictly only to be to them and not to the strangers, not to the Gentiles, not to the outsiders. But God is showing us through showing Peter and through the acts of Peter with Cornelius that he's no respecter of persons. He is bringing in sheep that are not of the Jewish fold. They are of the Gentile fold and he's going to bring them in as one fold. I'll stop there.